What is going on, my friends? Welcome back to another episode of the Progress Not Perfection podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Pacman. Hope you are doing well and hope that you are finding everything that you need during this time. Hope you're receiving lots of blessings in life. This episode is kind of a special one. I wanted to talk about the basics. What are the basics with fat loss? How can you get started if you literally know nothing other than maybe calories in, calories out? You know that you need to eat less calories than you are expending, okay? So um, this is called the ultimate guide to fat loss. I just wanted to throw something out there that I know is going to help tons of people And if you are willing to sit down and listen to this one, I want you to join me. I want you to go pause this, grab, go grab a snack, go grab a bottle of water, sit down. You can even take some notes because there's going to be a lot of information that's going to be solid. You're going to come out of this podcast understanding fat loss better than 99% of people out there. And that's amazing. So get excited, get revved up, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, grab some Greek yogurt and some strawberries, whatever your fat loss snack of choice. It doesn't have to be that, but grab something delicious and let's get into it. So this is the ultimate guide to fat loss. Everything you need to know to lose fat without a fad diet and keep it off for good. I'm going to be talking about why do calories matter and how many calories should you eat? How do you track your calories? If you're super busy, how do you track your calories without weighing and measuring? How do you measure your progress? What if the scale doesn't budge? What are macros and should you track them? I'm going to talk about the infamous protein. I'm going to talk about some fitness myths such as I heard carbs at night make you gain fat. Another one is, but if I cut my calories too low, won't I go into starvation mode? I'm also going to talk about cardio versus strength training. I'm going to talk about when you should take a diet break. I'm going to talk about what is a reverse diet and when should you do it. I'm going to talk about sleep quality and how you can improve it for fat loss. I'm going to talk about how you can reduce your stress levels for fat loss and how you can improve your digestion for fat loss. All right, so this is the <laughs> this is a lot of information, guys. But ultimately, this is this is literally it. This is all you need. Other than this, this is all you need. All right, so how do you find your weight loss calories? We know that fat loss is calories in versus calories out. But what does that even mean? So a BMR is called your basal metabolic rate. Now, this is the amount of calories that your body needs to just survive. So if you were to lay in bed all day, your body would need calories for bodily functions, such as keeping your organs going, keeping your digestion moving, keeping everything going. And that's going to be, let's say your BMR is about 1,700 calories, okay? So that means you have to eat at least 1,700 calories a day just to keep your BMR, just to keep your body functioning normally. 
All right. So that is your calories out. That's going to be part of your calories out. Now, let's say you walk around for work. Let's say you're on your feet 12 hours a day for work. That's also going to go into your calories out. Now, let's say after work, you go to the gym and you expend even more calories. That's part of your calories out. Calories in is going to be everything that you consume, everything that you eat and drink during the day. So your calories out needs to be greater than your calories in. So let's say your calories out, your BMR is 1,700. And let's say during the day you burn an extra 600. Now there's no way for us to really track this accurately, but let's just say that in order for you to maintain your weight, you need to eat 2,200 calories. Well, that means that if you eat less than 2,200 calories, now you're in a calorie deficit. And if you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose weight. Okay, and I'll get into calorie deficit here in a second. So, how do you find your calorie deficit? Because there is no real accurate way to track how many calories you burn throughout the day, we're going to use a really, 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 really easy formula, and that is goal body weight. You take your goal body weight, and you multiply it by 11 or 12. That's it. Let's say I want to, let's say my goal body weight is 165 pounds. I would multiply that number by 12 and I would get 1,980 calories. Okay, now I would track that 1,980 calories using my fitness pal. I would track my food for four weeks, staying consistent. If after four weeks I'm still not losing weight, I would stay at those calories until I plateau for another two weeks. Be patient. The scale can be stubborn, but if you are patient and consistent, you will see results. Okay, and I'll get into other ways to track your progress and what to do if the cal if the scale doesn't budge. But ultimately, that is the idea behind it. Okay. So calorie deficit. Let's dive a little bit deeper into what exactly a calorie deficit is. It is the very corny the <laughs> the very cornerstone of any efficient fat loss protocol. There is still a bunch of debate around this topic, but the science is solid, and in order to lose fat, you must be in a calorie deficit, hands down. I do agree the hormones play a huge role, as well as metabolic typing, which I will get into, but nevertheless, a calorie deficit is where we will start. Okay. How do I find my calorie deficit? There's tons of calculators online, but for the sake of simplicity, we'll use the tried and true method popularized by many well-known coaches and trainers. Okay, this is the method I just went over. So you multiply your goal body weight times 11 or 12, and that'll get you your starting calorie deficit. All right, so how do you track calories? Because this is, this is also a, a big debated topic. Like, should you use measuring cups, like a cup of quinoa, or should you weigh out 100 grams of quinoa on a scale? Should you carry around a scale with you all day? Or should you use a measuring cup? I would say for this method here, there are many, many, many different theories of what may work for you and what may not work for you. Some people are very good at estimating and others are not. 
So I would, what I would do is I would start with a food scale. For the simple fact that when using other methods like measuring cups, it can be really inaccurate. So the goal is to eliminate as many variables as possible. You're going to go into the goal settings in MyFitnessPal and change your calories to the, what we calculated in the section above. So I want you to do this along with me. I want you to go into MyFitnessPal. And I want you to go into the goal section and change your goal to that number that you calculated in the very beginning, that goal body weight times 11 or 12. Okay? And we'll talk about macronutrients in the, in the next section, the macro percentages. We'll talk about what macros are and the percentages and why they matter in the next section. My Fitness Pal is pretty awesome. You can actually use it as a barcode scanner to scan things. Um, it's extremely quick to use once you get the hang of it. They have an extensive library of restaurants and products to choose from. It makes it really, really easy. You don't have to cook every single meal and log it in there. You can go to restaurants and plug them in. For example, Chipotle. You can go to Chipotle. You can type in chicken rice bowl or whatever, and, and it'll have it on there. It'll even have the one with guac. It'll even have the one with cheese. It'll have all of it in there. You just use the search function. Play around with that for the first couple weeks. Just play around with it. Track your calories. Honestly, it's kind of fun. And once you get the hang of it, it is so fast. You'll get so fast at it. All right. So uncooked proteins, you'll measure those. You'll weigh them. You'll weigh them raw. And then you can also weigh them cooked. It really doesn't matter. Um, it's obviously more accurate if you weigh them raw, but it really doesn't matter. The thing is, you just want to stay consistent. So if you're going to measure your proteins cooked, then measure them cooked from here on out. If you're going to measure them raw, measure them raw from here on out. I like to measure my proteins cooked, actually. That's that's my preferred method. It'll be challenging at first, but it always gets easier. So after the four weeks is up, measure your progress with that. All right, the third section is, I'm super busy. How do I track calories without weighing or measuring? So this is this is using a method popularized by Precision Nutrition and John Berard. He uses this method if you don't want to track calories, if you don't want to put in the work to learn how to track calories, because I understand it's not for everybody, this is a way you can do it. So at each meal, you're going to include one cupped handful of carbohydrates, you're going to include one palm size of protein, one thumb size of healthy fats, and one fist of vegetables per meal. So that's a cup of carbs, a palm of protein, a thumb of fat, and a fist of veggies at each meal. And with that method, if you do that for three meals a day, you should be able to lose fat on a consistent basis. Provided within reason you choose some reasonably uh, good sources of, of nutrition for those. Okay, so if you're super busy and, uh, and, and tracking your food just doesn't seem like a viable option, you can totally use this method. And I've known people who have done it and it works very well. Another method that you can use popularized by Jordan Syed. If you guys don't check him out, go check his stuff out. He's an amazing, amazing person. And uh, just 
amazing content. So go check Jordan's site out if you haven't already. But he talks about a three-plate-to-snack method. And this is something I've used with clients as well. It works extremely well. And you can just just do three plates and two snacks. So half that plate is going to be vegetables. A quarter of it is going to be carbohydrates. And a quarter of it is going to be protein. And, that sh- and then you're going to include the two snacks. You can either do a fruit or you can do... Uh, a fruit that a serving of fruit that fits into your palm or a protein snack all right so something like uh, turkey jerky or a low-fat cheese sticks or greek yogurt with strawberries these are examples of protein snacks and then uh and then the fruits you can just eat whatever fruit you like and that's awesome that's an awesome way to do it it takes the stress out of it Number four is how do I measure my progress, okay? So you can expect to lose about half a pound to a pound and a half per week when you're on a calorie deficit. If you'd like a more aggressive approach, you can implement intermittent fasting, which I'll talk about later in this guide as well. But I don't recommend an aggressive approach, at least at first. I think that you should start to learn how to be patient and consistent with the process. Here's some tools you'll need for the to measure your progress. You'll need an app to take progress photos. I like to use an app called Snapsee. It actually tells you where to stand so that you're in the same standing position. Try to get the same lighting and it takes pretty awesome progress photos. You also need an accurate body weight scale, some measuring tape, a big whiteboard, and you'll need some patience. Just be patient with this process, guys. It's going to take a while. If you are somebody who has a frustrating relationship with the scale, this may trigger you and you want to weigh yourself every day. Yes, even on weekends, every morning naked before you eat or drink anything and after you go to the bathroom. So weigh yourself every single day. And just in case you guys didn't know, I'm actually, I have an ultimate guide to fat loss that I I actually give out for free and it'll be a transcript of everything that i'm talking about in this episode and i will link my free calorie calculator if you download the free calorie calculator below you will get the ultimate guide to fat loss along with that okay it'll send you the ultimate guide to fat loss after you download the calorie calculator so if you hit the link below you will get the calorie calculator the ultimate guide to fat loss and all this information is in there so this is just me going a little bit more in depth because this is, these are very, very in-depth topics. I could make a podcast on each one of these topics, but I'm just breezing over them quickly so that you can have a better understanding of fat loss and how to approach it, All right? So for a lot of my clients, they have a frustrating relationship with the scale. And one thing that helps tremendously is taking progress photos and taking body measurements because when that scale doesn't go down, you'll have a tendency to want to do something. I want to do more cardio. I want to lower my calories. What am I doing wrong? What's wrong? How do we fix it? The scale doesn't always just measure body fat, guys. It measures the amount of poop in your system, undigested food, water, 
uh, muscle glycogen. It measures so many different things, guys. So when you get frustrated at the scale that it's it's going up and down, it's going to fluctuate the same way that your blood pressure is going to fluctuate based on whether you're stressed out or not or you're nervous or anxious. Your weight is going to fluctuate based on what's going on in your body. That's just going to happen, especially if you're a woman who is on your period and you're going through a menstrual cycle. There's like two and a half weeks that the, the scale may be doing what you want it to do. And then the other, the rest of the time, that scale is going to fluctuate like crazy. Okay, so just realizing that and understanding it, you will be so much better off. And maybe maybe you'll start to realize that taking progress photos and taking body measurements is actually a much more viable way to 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 measure body fat and your progress. Because if you measure your waist. There's very, very little muscle there, and most of it is body fat. So if you measure your waist, and your waist is going down, but the scale is not, you can be assured that you're still making progress and that you are still losing body fat. Okay, so this is why it's important to take measurements bi-weekly, every couple weeks. Especially if you have a frustrating relationship with the scale, it might be time to take a break from the scale. Okay? Weight fluctuates a lot. It fluctuates a lot. So it could be because you're drinking extra water, you're stressed out, you're eating more salt than usual, you're constipated. Um, Yeah, you know, you want to weigh yourself every single day at the same time of day before you eat or drink anything, okay? There are many reasons why you should weigh yourself more often But if you have a frustrating relationship with the scale, I recommend that you just go off measurements and progress photos for now and then slowly learn how to incorporate the scale into your program. And if you need more help with this, send me an email. So what what do you do if the scale doesn't budge? This is pretty common. It's usually where people quit five minutes before the miracle happens. There's a couple reasons why the scale might not budge. The first one being you are not in a calorie deficit. Your calories are too high. And I don't mean what if the scale doesn't budge after a day or a week. I mean after four weeks, the scale is not trending down. You're plotting it in a graph on MyFitnessPal. A lot of people don't know this, but you can actually put your weight into MyFitnessPal. And you can put your weight in daily and it actually plots it on a graph. That makes an awesome graph for you to look at to make sure that your weight is trending down. If your weight is not trending down after four weeks, you're probably not in a deficit. Or you're probably not tracking correctly. You think you're in a deficit, but maybe you're not tracking oil. Maybe you're not tracking dressings, veggies, snacks, bites, nibbles, drinks, tastes. Everything counts in the beginning, guys. Another thing that may be happening is you're not being patient enough. This one is the most common. Don't be impatient. There's something that happens when you're patient and consistent. It's called the whoosh effect. Sometimes online coaching clients of mine go two to three weeks before the scale moves. This is actually very common. I'll use my friend and longtime client of mine, Stacy, for example. Now, Stacy. Stacy's first 25 pounds 
came off super easy. Like, we didn't have to change her calories much. The weight just started flying. Then she hit a plateau. Her weight stalled out for three weeks. We didn't cut her calories. We kept everything the same. And whoosh. The next week, she lost one and a half pounds. We kept her calories the same for another three weeks. And she kept losing weight. See, muscle weighs more than fat. It actually doesn't, but anyways, muscle is denser than fat. So if you are someone who is resistance training and you're eating the right foods, you're, you're a good candidate for body recomposition, which means that you are actually going to build muscle and lose fat at the same time. So the scale may not reflect what's actually happening, but if you're taking consistent progress photos, you should be able to notice the difference. You're actually gaining muscle and losing body fat. And people will start to notice. You'll notice that clothes are fitting better. You'll have an elevated mood, a higher sex drive. People may be saying things like, did you lose weight? You'll have better sleep, better energy levels. These are called non-scale victories. And they're just as important as a number on the scale, if not more important. So you make sure you check. I make sure my, I check in with my online coaching clients weekly to check not only their scale victories, but more importantly, their non-scale victories and how are they progressing outside of the gym and outside of their weight loss journey because this is a, a program of body, mind, and soul. And if you don't believe that, then you have a lot to learn about this whole thing because internal fitness is comes first before external fitness. You have to work on your internal fitness your resilience, your your patience, your gratitude, your consistency, that is internal fitness. Once you can practice internal fitness, it translates to external fitness. I'll have a whole episode on that. So let's get into this. What are macros and why should you track them? We hear this word all the time, but a lot of people don't even know what macros are. So macro is short for macronutrient, carbs, proteins, and fats. There's only three macronutrients. Why would you want to track them? It's an easy way to keep your diet more flexible rather than eating a rigid meal plan. So a lot of coaches, especially back in the day, they used to give their clients these meal plans. And it'd be like chicken, chicken breast, brown rice, and broccoli. And then for breakfast, you might have egg whites and oatmeal. <laughs> you might sub out the uh, the brown rice for sweet potatoes if you're lucky. And this was like the bodybuilder's diet. This was like the meal plans that people actually wrote for each other. I remember when I was new to lifting and I went on bodybuilding.com. I got a free program and it came with a nutrition program. And... That nutrition program, it literally said a cup of oatmeal. And this is without knowing my body composition or anything about me. It was telling me what to eat. <laughs> Which we know now, it makes no sense. Because everyone's calories are different. So it didn't even ask for a calorie calculator or anything. It basically just gave you, said, here, eat this shit. So <laughs> it was a cup of oatmeal. Uh, 
It was like eight ounces of egg whites. That was breakfast. And then the snack before lunch was like an apple with some peanut butter on it or an apple and some almonds. And then for lunch was brown rice, broccoli, chicken breast. And for dinner was tilapia, sweet potato, and broccoli. And that was literally it. And oh, and there was a couple protein shakes in there. There was a couple scoops of whey protein powder in there. So, I mean, literally, that's what I ate <laughs> when I was new to lifting. And I cannot tell you how much it sucked. Because I grew up in an Italian household where we ate good food. And this was not good food. No matter how much I seasoned that chicken breast, no matter how much I tried to make that tilapia Cajun style, it was fucking terrible. So when you're, when you're tracking macros or you're tracking calories and protein, you can be more flexible and you can basically eat whatever you want as long as it fits into your calories and, and protein on my program. Some people just fit it into your macros. Your macros are completely up to you, and that's a whole other topic. But some people feel higher on feel better on higher carbs. Some people feel better on higher fat. As a general rule, you want to keep fats above fifteen uh, percent of your calories. Probably shoot for twenty percent of your calories. So I would say for for the average person, you want to keep your fats above 40, 50 grams, just to be safe, just for hormonal health, and then carbohydrates. You kind of fit that in, but you definitely want to have your protein set at a uh, 0.8 grams per pound of body weight to one gram per pound of body weight. You don't really need much more than that. And if you're obviously, if you have a lot of weight to use, you can use goal body weight. So one gram of protein per pound of goal body weight. Let's say I weigh 180 and my goal body weight is 165. You can totally use 165 as a starting point for your grams of protein. And if you have a hard time hitting your protein consistently, you might want to pick up some protein powders. Or you might want to start including foods like egg whites. Um, Those have been a huge staple for me lately. And they just help me hit my protein consistently. Speaking of protein, let's talk about it. Why, Why is all this hype around protein? Okay, now there was a time when I thought I needed two grams of protein per pound of body weight. These are all based off of mistakes that I've made in the fitness in the fitness industry and and with my own personal fitness, I should say. However, with protein, it is it's not hype. Protein is super important on a fat loss journey. And. When you are just getting started and someone says, hey, eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight, you're like, what the fuck? 180 grams of protein? How do I even eat that? And at first, it is going to be tough. You're going to be extremely confused on how to do it. You're going to be like, holy shit, I'm eating so much meat or I have to drink so many protein shakes or this and that and this the thing about it is it's really not that hard you have to figure out some staple foods that you enjoy and center your meals around your protein source 
For me, I like to use lean protein sources such as chicken breast, turkey, fish, um, egg whites. These are these are protein sources that I like to get in early in the day. So that way, dinner time, I can be more flexible. Let's say I have 16 ounces of egg whites for breakfast, which is usually what I have. I usually have some sort of French toast with egg whites instead of whole eggs. Or I have an egg white omelet with um, with lots of vegetables in it. And I usually use about 16 ounces of egg whites, which is a lot of protein. And uh, for the... The French toast, what I do is I dip just a regular bread in egg whites and a little bit of stevia and some cinnamon. And then I just cook those up with some nonstick spray. And it's actually really freaking good. And it's low in calories and super high in protein. I mean super high. Like that breakfast right there is probably around 50 or 60 grams of protein. And then for lunch, I just have six ounces of chicken breast, which is another like 40 grams of protein. So right there, I've hit, I've already hit half of my protein allowance. And then vegetables actually have a considered amount of protein. If you're vegetarian or vegan, tofu, tempeh, seitan, but vegetables have protein in them. For example, broccoli has pretty high in protein. Spinach, it's pretty high in protein. Beans are high in protein. Lentils, high in protein. All, all f- plant-based foods have protein in them. So make sure you're getting lots of fiber and most foods will help you hit that protein goal. But centering your plate around protein is going to help immensely. So why do you, but why? Why do you want to eat so much protein? Because you want to retain muscle. If you were to just lose weight, what would happen is, You'd lose fat and lose muscle at the same time, which is what happens a lot of the times when people cut their calories too low, too fast. Let's say for the example I was talking about earlier, you needed 2,200 calories to be in a deficit, to lose about half a pound to a pound a week. If you were to cut those calories, the 2,200 down to like 1,400, 1,200, what would happen is you would lose muscle. You would feel like shit. You'd feel terrible. And you would start to lose muscle and fat at the same time. Yeah, you would see a lot of changes on the scale for sure. But you'd also see that by the time you hit your goal weight, you're not going to look the way that you think you're going to look. You're not going to be shredded and have abs and have veins pop. Like, you're not going to look good. However, if you go slowly, take your time with it, then what's going to happen is you're going to retain muscle and lose mostly body fat. So uh, for protein, I'd recommend one gram per pound of goal body weight. And if it seems like a lot, you can start with 0.8 um, and then kind of rev it up as you go. As long as your calories are protein and protein are within the ranges I've discussed, you have room to play around and experiment with your carbs and fats. Find out what gives you the most energy and helps you in the gym. If you want a starting point on your macros, 
and you want me to calculate them for you, just shoot me an email at jeffreypacman@gmail.com, and I will do a calculation for you for free. No catch, no strings attached. I'll do I'll do your macros for you. Just send me an email. All right. The beautiful thing about protein is called the thermic effect of food, TEF. Why this is so awesome is that we only digest, we only absorb about 65 to 80% of the calories we eat from protein. So protein is the king of thermic effect of food. The rest of those calories are actually used to digest it and break it down. So that's why keeping protein high will actually allow you to eat more food and be in a deficit. It's the most satiating macronutrient. It will keep you full the longest and you will feel full on your deficit. Alright guys, I've decided to split this episode up into two parts. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a part two of this episode. It'll be released fairly soon. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I am going to deliver this content in some bite-sized chunks that you can digest no pun intended um stay tuned next week i'll be releasing part two and as always guys strive for progress not perfection and we'll see you guys in the next episode